Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Smash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. So... Mr. Mr. AJ Black should be joining us shortly, Jeff. Uh, let's make sure we get a, a good word from our response uh, from our sponsor here. But I w- want to make sure that I let people know that this is the podcast for all sports sports discussion dot com. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country, and this podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia at 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at Main Street Farm. That's at M-A-I-N-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-H-A-A-R-M. Again, that's at Main Street Farm, that's at M-A-I-N-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-H-A-R-M. Welcome to This Week in the ACC. This is Matthew. I'm your moderator. This week we have A.J. Black on, who is a Boston College graduate. He's the owner of the At Locked On BC podcast. You can follow AJ Black on Twitter at at AJ Black underscore BC. And I see that Adam has joined us. Adam has joined us. Adam, if you don't mind, put yourself on, on mute just for a moment, please. That'll that'll be uh, that'll AJ yeah I'm sorry AJ please put your yeah please please uh, put yourself on mute if you don't mind for a moment thank you so much sir I just want to make sure that we uh, make sure that we get back to talking talking to our sponsor about our sponsor a bit here again this podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg Virginia at 301 South Main Street Suite 107 Blacksburg Virginia 24060 you can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at Main Street Farm. That's at M-A-I-N-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-H-A-R-M. Welcome back to This Week in the ACC. This is the podcast of All Sports Discussion, the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the country. And again, we're blessed to have an awesome guest on tonight. We have A.J. Black, bottom Boston College graduate. He's the owner of Locked On BC Podcast. That's at Locked On BC. You can follow A.J. Black on Twitter at, at AJ Black underscore BC. AJ, welcome back to all the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. Before we start, first of all, thank you for coming back. You've been a great supporter of allsportsdiscussion.com for many years now. We've had you on for panels, we've had you on for interviews, we've had you on for blog posts. You've just been a great supporter of this site. And we really appreciate your support and we appreciate you coming back. So before we start, is there anything that you want to plug? 
and anything that you want to to any background that you want to give about yourself to our listeners. The floor is yours, sir. Thanks for coming back, especially today on this this on this Mother's Day. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, my wife's upstairs uh, waiting for me to finish my podcast. Hang out with her for a little bit. She's a mother. We're she's a mother or two, and uh, we've been busy all day. But I'm here to talk some VC sports, and um, yes, I'm the uh, the um, host, excuse me, of Locked On Boston College, part of the Locked On Network. It's a daily Boston po- College podcast. If you like BC sports, I do an episode every single weekday, five days a week. Um, we've had some great guests on recently. I had Christian Mahogany, their um, all ACC guard on last week. I had Zay Flowers, a very timely interview about two weeks ago, um, talking about his NIL deal when he got a new BMW. Uh, you definitely want to check that one out and we'll have more guests. I'm working on getting Dennis Grossell, their quarterback from last year, talk about some things he's doing um, and then talking uh, preseason football. We're starting to get into it. Uh, so you check that all out. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com, part of the Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated Network. You are all over the place again. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast, AJ. We appreciate it. So I, I'll, I'll start out here on a positive note here. Uh, that was a hell of a strong finish by Boston College this year in men's basketball, and I'm talking particularly about the ACC tournament. The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, I mean, when you're watching um, BC basketball, it was quite the difference from what we've seen in years past under Jim Christian. You know, Earl Grant is got a culture built into – um, Boston College that we haven't seen since Al Skinner. You know, really gritty, uh, hard nosed. You know, diving for balls, playing good defense, and it really showed. I mean, you had a team full of guys that were not expected to do much, and they go on and they go on a two game win streak in the ACC tournament and almost knock out Miami. Uh, they were just one play away from that game. So it's a lot of excitement with that basketball program right now, especially since they have you know. Uh, on3.com just released their top 125 recruits from the class of 2022, and three were Boston College players. That has not been the case for over a decade. I mean, it hasn't been the case ever that BC's been able to recruit the way that they're doing. So that for the first time in, you know, since the Jared Dudley days, there's a lot of excitement going on with Boston College uh, basketball. Uh, and I'll just say quickly as a Hokie here, I mean, I, I knew that Virginia Tech was going to lose the noon game this year when they traveled to VC. I just knew that was going to happen. Everybody in the Hokie Nation knew that was going to happen, and it did. So there you go. There you go, AJ. I just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was um, – they, they had their moments. It wasn't a perfect season, and there's still lots of question marks. But, I, you know, there were, there, there were the moments as well where you said, whoa, there's a little spark here that we haven't seen in a long time, and I think the fans are going to really buy into that. Definitely, definitely. Jeff, you're up, man. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Um, AJ, what are some of the major strengths coming back for the BC football team? And and just a quick thought, and you already mentioned his name, and I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the strengths of your uh, your team coming back. But, uh, you know, from a from a outsider looking in at BC, uh, hats off to Zay to Zay Flowers. Uh, there was a great article written uh, on his NIL journey with Pete Thamel from ESPN and just the way he, he handled that entire situation and then, you know, showed the, showed the loyalty 
to the team that developed him and, and has turned him into one of the best receivers in the ACC. I mean, I think a, a lot of people kind of looked at that and just, you know, felt good for BC and, and, and how uh, Zay Flowers handled it, you know, as opposed to a certain wide receiver uh, at another ACC school in Pittsburgh. But, you know, good for Zay Flowers. I mean, if he, if he would have left, um, I think everyone under, would have understood but you know, it, it it was kind of a good it was a good story to hear how how loyal he was to BC. Yeah, I mean, it was it it, it is a uh, one of the the feel good stories coming out of this NIL mess because you see, as you mentioned, Jordan Addison and some of these other players that are you know entering the portal just to you know basically other schools are tampering with them to get them to go to their school. Zay Flowers, it sounds like they even tried that with him, and he stuck with his guns. He stuck with, you know, he talked to his dad, he talked to his his people, he talked to Jeff Halfley, and then made that decision. And, you know, the, he was a popular player. Obviously, he's electric when he hits the field. But I think this season, he could become one of the most popular players in recent BC history because the BC fans heard and saw what he said and how he defended that program and how he defended – you know, sticking with them and they're going to, they're going to love him up. You know, they're going to love watching him play. He, they, you're going to see hopefully a lot of number four jerseys in alumni stadium next, uh, next fall. Um, as they, you know, hopefully with the NIL deals, they're going to start producing these guys jerseys so they can get a little money out of it. But I think at the end of the day, Zay brought up a good point, right? Like he said, you know, I could go to any of those schools, but a BC education, is worth more than all that like quick money that I can make. And he's said all along that he wants to get his degree and he wants to do some things. He says the pros are going to give him the money and he's, he's got some deals in place at BC too. It's not like he's, he's like, you know, there's no NIL deals at BC. I mean, he's driving a BMW right now. So he's got, he's got some things going on. Um, but in terms of strength of the team, yeah, obviously the offense is going to be something to watch. Phil Dracovic is back. Um, anyone who watched him last year, you know, you saw the Phil, Phil Dracovic that people expected in the first game in a quarter, and then he got hurt. And you saw flashes of it against Virginia Tech, but he still wasn't 100%. And you saw a lot of it against Georgia Tech, but I think it's because they had no defense. But other than that, he was either out or he played at like less than 50%, is which was what he and Halfley said throughout the end of the season. I mean, he looked, he looked, you know, not on, he did not look like comfortable at all against Florida State and Wake Forest to end that year. And he's got a lot on state on, on the line this year because he decided to come back. He's going to work himself into potentially being a first round draft pick. Like a lot of the mock drafts already have him out there because he's got the physical builds and tools to do it all, but he's got to show he can stay healthy. And he's also going to show that he can do some other things. I was talking with my co-host on Mondays, Mitch Wolf, who's, who does some scouting work. And he said, you know, you know, Phil can vomit. He can throw, you know, 50 yard strikes to Zay Flowers all day long, but NFL stickouts are going to want to see him do the hitch, you know, hitch routes, you know, slants, like this little stuff. And I think he's going to do a little bit more of that. And he's going to stay healthy too, right? So I think the offense between Zay Flowers, Phil Jakovic, Pat Garwo, who's their running back who ran for over a thousand yards last year. And then on the other side of the ball, the other strength would be the secondary. Um, be, you know, Jeff Halfley, his bread and butter has always been the secondary. Now, the, the first two units, we'll talk about them later, is a bit of a concern. But BC has a very good set of cornerbacks coming back. They have good safety. And I, I've heard buzz that they're still looking in the transfer portal to fill that last safety spot. So I'm pretty confident that there's secondary, that, which was third or fourth in the country last year in pass yardage. And 
you know, you could talk about that being just based off the teams they played, but I think there's a lot of talent there for next year. All right, AJ, uh, let's go to the other side of the coin here. What are some of the major weaknesses uh, for Boston college going into the seasons and, and into the season? In other words, what do you think um, BC will be working on, you know, the months, the month before the first game, what are the questions you think have to be resolved? So first of all, there's, there's, there's questions on both sides of the ball. The biggest question on the offensive side of the ball is that they have to replace four offensive linemen. Uh, Christian Mahogany is coming back and he could be a first round draft pick if he really plays well. Um, you know, he's excellent and has a lot of the traits that Zion Johnson, who just went in the first round, had. Um, so he could be good, but around him, it's all question marks. It's all kids that really haven't played a lot. You know, Ozzy Trapillo, who, you know, grades as, you know, a very high draft pick. Um, at tackle, but he's only played a handful of games. Drew Kendall, whose uh, dad, Pete Kendall, was an NFL player, is going to be the center, but he hasn't started at all. And then you have um, Jack Conley as well, and he's another uh, tackle that Jeff Halfley uh, crows about. But he he looked pretty raw last year, and, and I'm a little worried about that. So that offensive line, they have a new offensive line coach, Dave DeGuglielmo, and if you're listening to this, you need to follow him on Twitter at Coach Googs because he is absolutely hilarious to watch on Twitter. He's a Italian stereotype through and through, and he does his um, big dogs, and everything's a big dog, and it's it's well worth your watch. But he, you know, he was a coach for the Patriots. He was a coach for the Giants. Um, he's been all over the NFL and college level. So I think BC has the right offensive line coach in place to kind of fix that. But still, it's a huge question mark. Can't can't deny that. And then on the defensive side of the ball. I look at the defensive line and I'm still a little concerned. You have Marcus Valdez coming back and I know pro football focus loves him. Um, he's a great guy, but is he an elite or strong enough defensive end to really change, you know, the offensive game plans from the opposition? He's not, he's a good D D E two, like a good defensive end number two, but they don't have another guy on the other lining up across from him. Uh, you know, Sheeta Salah is going to be back for probably, I think it's his fourth year, but he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been consistent. Does, does Halfley go with one of his, uh, you know, sophomores that he dra he uh, recruited? It's a big question mark. You can't un undo that. So getting at the quarterback, especially in the ACC, where there are so many good quarterbacks from Devin Leary to Malik Cunningham to Jordan Travis to whoever you want to, you know, um, the guys that are on their schedule, you need to be able to do that. And I don't see that happening with that, with that defensive line. All right, AJ, um, who are some of the new recruits or transfer portal players that have impressed you the most uh, during the off season and in the spring? Are there any that you think will get major playing time right away? So there's a few, they, they, you know, Halfley has really said that he doesn't want to live in the transfer portal, and he's really kind of lived that this year. Now, BC, of any team, I think they have two or three transfer portal guys. One of them is a tight end, George Takis from Notre Dame, a uh, former blue chipper who played with their offensive coordinator, uh, John McNulty, who just uh, took over the position this offseason, and Phil Dracovic at Notre Dame. So he's got the experience. He just hasn't done much. Um, I imagine he will be the same role that you saw Hunter Long and um, Trey Berry last year, kind of that pass catching tight end. He'll probably be there. Uh, then they have a couple um, younger guys that I just don't see them putting in a lot of uh, snaps this year. Dino Tomlin, who's Mike Tomlin's kid, uh, plays wide receiver. He's a transfer from Maryland. Um, the BC's pretty stacked at wide receiver. I just 
I'm, I'm struggling to see how he sees the field much this year. He might, you know, blow outs, things like that. And then Regan Terry, who's another defensive lineman, transferred from Arizona. Uh, his dad is on BC staff, so he, he transferred in. Um, I still think BC is looking, from what I've seen, I think they're looking at some help at safety and linebacker. If they get the right guys, and I've, I've heard some names buzz. There was a kid from Oregon that was BC was really heavily in uh, with uh, during the Jeff Halfley years that just entered the transfer portal, Damon David. Uh, he entered the portal, and I, I could see Halfley you know, I know Halfley was really high on him when he first went up, and he'd fill a big need for BC at that second safety spot. And then, uh, you know, some linebacker help I'm sure could help too. They're pretty thin there, and um, there's some names, and not ones I want to, like, put out there yet, but um, they're definitely looking at that. Now, in terms of true freshmen, uh, I don't see BC having a ton of um, freshmen putting in snaps so far this next year. You know, they've got a couple kids um, – on the defensive side of the ball that I've seen play a little bit. Amari Jackson, their cornerback, I think could play. Uh, but I think it'll probably be a lot of the, you know, red shirt freshmen and up that'll probably play in 2021 or 2022, excuse me. Um, AJ, do you think Boston college will be better than last year? Why or why not? And after you answer that, we're going to play what we call win game, lose game, where we walk through the BC schedule and you give us your quick, um, one or two sentence thoughts on whether Boston College will win that game or not. Sure. Uh, so will they be better than last year? Yes. I think they'll be better than last year. Um, you know, I have a real hard time looking at the statistics of anything BC offensive related from last year, knowing that Phil Dracovic wasn't playing because he is such a difference maker. The fact they won six games, with half of Phil Dracovic and Dennis Grossell was a miracle. Um, and so as long as he stays healthy, they're going to win more than six games. All right. Uh, yeah, let's take a look at that schedule now. And uh, you start out of the gate with a Big Ten matchup against Rutgers at home. Last time we saw Rutgers play, I think uh, it was against Wake Forest, I think in the Gator Bowl, and they got handled pretty good by Wake Forest. How you feeling about that game? I'm excited. I think that's a great way to start the season off. I know Rutgers gets a lot of crap for being, you know, near the bottom of the Big Ten, but credit to, credit to do. Greg Schiano's got that ship turned around well in yep. terms of recruiting, and he's getting some new names in the transfer portal as well. Um, I like BC in this game. I think they're still a little better than Rutgers, uh, but it's a great. It's instead of getting like Colgate last year, the BC's you know opened against FCS squads before. I like a, a good, solid matchup to start this off. So I think Dracovic uh, get some home cooking and, and win that one. All right. You know, and hats off to Rutgers at the end of last year for filling in, uh, filling in for Wake Forest when they didn't have an opponent. I mean, you saw several questionable kind of, uh, you know, you saw several questionable teams, you know, foregoing their bowl game, but Rutgers was a team that stepped in on short notice. Uh, so that, yeah, I think that's a really good opening matchup for BC. Uh, after that, you go on the road, and, and this is a pretty intriguing early season ACC matchup at Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, guys, but um, I'm, I'm not selling yet. I'm selling on Virginia Tech at this point. Um, I know BC beat them last year, but, you know, it's an, it's – going to take a little while to get that culture back, you know, with, with Bry, with what he wants to get there. Um, a lot of transfers from the Hokies, they've, they've got to rebuild. And BC has more on the field, I think. 
um, that are ready to go. And I think this will be – It's a, again, BC's got a nice start this season to really get their gears going quick. Um, this is this will be no pushover, but I think it's it's a it'll be a BC win. Okay, uh, then you come back home and you host the Maine Black Bears. Yeah, they're gonna win that one. <laughs> um, Maine <laughs> is a not a I, no 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 offense to Maine. They're a good FCS squad. You know their coach, I believe, just left to be offensive coordinator at UConn. I think uh, Nick Charlton, who is a BC guy. Um, so I, no disrespect to Maine, but I think BC will take care of business there. Okay, uh, then you go on the road. You play at Florida State. Oh, first tough one. Uh, this is probably be a 50-50 matchup. Now, Florida State, no matter how poorly they play, um, they've got a lot of athletes, and that's something that BC has struggled to match up with them. Like last year, you know, BC on paper was better, and they played them again in 2019, and BC on paper was, should have been better. They just, uh, Florida State had just fired uh, Willie Taggart at that point, and they still lost. So I, I, this is the first game I look at and go, oof. So I'm going to go with Florida State in this game. All right. Uh, then you go back home and you host the Louisville Cardinals. All right. So my first selling on a team this year is going to be Louisville. I don't think that they're as good as people want them to be. And I do not think that Malik Cunningham is as good as people think he is, other than he can run. Um, he's, you know, a good quarterback and he lit up BC last year. But BC almost beat Louisville with Dennis Grossell at quarterback. Um, I don't – I think this is a, a good spot to get Louisville on the schedule. I think BC will beat them. All right. Then you stay at home and you host the Clemson Tigers. And, um, you know, Boston College is, has been really close to knocking off Clemson the last couple of years. So here's my thought on this game, and I and I don't know where to go with this. Like – if DJ Uyagalale is still the quarterback, BC could win this game. I do not buy him at all. I don't know what – you know, he's a very disappointing quarterback at this point. Um, I don't think he'll be the quarterback in this game, though. I think they're going to go with their – you know, you know the hot hot hand from the, from the spring. Kluknik, um, yep. Yep. Um, if they go with him, I'm worried. And the other piece of this game that worries me is that Clemson's defensive line is going to be – disgusting this year like really good uh looking back as like some of their more dominant groups so on paper it's at home it's going to be the red bandana game on the other hand that defensive line against bc's offensive line which i have yet to see it's hard for me to gauge that like if they're if they're struggling that defensive line is going to kill bc but i could see i could see this game being close but i'm going to go with clemson in this one and my fans will hate me for saying that all right. Um, then you get you get a bye week, and this is, this is a good bye week between you know Clemson, and then you go going on a road and playing a tough Wake Forest team. Yeah, you know Wake Forest demolished BC last year, but it was with that you know um, Phil Jakovic playing at fifty percent. Um, I don't know. I you know I think Wake is gonna. There's something about Wake that I'm not sold on for this year, and I. I'm waiting for them to kind of dive back to the mean. Like last year, they were absurd, and they but they did it in a way where their defense couldn't stop stop anything, and their offense was just out of their minds. You know, coaches adjust to that kind of stuff. So I, I wonder if their offense is going to hit a, hit a snag. If their offense hits a snag, that defense is going to be a problem in ter- in terms of like they're not going to be able to to, to sustain wins. So they're going to come closer back to earth, but this game's on the road. 
I'm going to go with BC in this game. I think it's going to be a weird one, and I think they might win it. All right. Uh, then after that, I think the the next couple of weeks give BC a chance to kind of, you know, and I'm not going to say take a breather by, by any stretch, but, you know, what I think should be two wins. And you, and you start off uh, at UConn. Yeah, UConn is not um, anywhere in the same league as BC right now. And, um, you know, they made that hire of Jim Moore Jr., which I guess is good. I don't know. He's a nice guy. I've met him before, but I don't. That program is so far behind right now. In the game is in stores. Um, their fans hate Boston College, um, but I think BC should easily win that game. All right. Uh, then you return home for a Friday night game against the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, that that should be a BC win. Um, I like Mike Elko. He was one of the names I was hoping BC would look at when they hired Jeff Halfley. He was like in like my three or four that I like. So it's a good hire by Duke. It's just they got a way to go. They got to rebuild, especially that offense. They've got a while to build that back. So this is a premium spot for BC to get them at because if you get them in two or three years, you know, Elko could probably put that, fix some of the, the issues going on, on that team. I just think that BC's going to get them at the right spot. Okay. Um, so then after two, two relative breathers, You've got two, uh, you know, really tough games here on the road in back-to-back weeks. Uh, you know, this is one of the tougher back-to-back stretches I think most any team in the country is going to play this year. And you start at NC State on November 12th. Yeah, um, Devin Leary is going to have a good se- uh, really good season. And I love. I think NC State top to bottom is one of the best teams in the ACC. They don't have a lot of flaws. Um, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of the season, I'm wondering if BC is going to be able to do sh- like mask some of their issues on different parts of their game with shootouts because I think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. But I think NC State is as good as anyone on that schedule, so I'm going to take them. All right. Uh, then after that, you stay on the road. You play at Notre Dame. All right. So here's my stunner. I'm I'm going to go with Boston College in this game, and right. there is I just. Like so- it. There's so many storylines here with BC and the reason to win this. And the biggest being Phil Dracovic returning to South Bend. Um, you know, this is a guy who's played all, you know, for three years with BC. This is his first, second game against the Irish. The first one was during the COVID years at Boston College. But, you know, this, they're getting a, obviously, I think Marcus Freeman is a hell of a coach. And I'm really excited, not excited, but I'm, I think he's got a big future and he's going to really get that program around. I mean, they got the number one recruiting class in the country right now. But I think BC again gets them in a good spot. You know, this is, there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of graduation from Notre Dame that, you know, Kyle Hamilton's gone. It, you know, I think if BC can put up some points, I love a good, Jeff Halfley needs a, um, marquee win in his career he hasn't had one yet you know he's beaten all the teams he's supposed to beat and he's lost all the teams he's supposed to lose to and he needs one and i'm debating whether it's notre dame or clemson this year i almost want to go back and say clemson because they just look like they're kind of not there and i think uh brent venables was more than to dabo than people want to say but i'm gonna go with notre dame in this one and i'm gonna say pick so i'm gonna pick bc to beat notre dame and get another shocking win in their holy war rivalry all right, calling the upset. Uh, then you finish the season at home against Syracuse. Yeah, um, I. Uh, so if you're going to look at like you know um, hot hot seats heading into the season, uh, Dino Babers has to be near the top. I mean, he 
it's been a couple seasons now where they're just not being able to get anything done. And now I love Sean Tucker and credit to Babers too. I don't want to rip on him because he did a nice job. He went from, you know, that run and gun real fast tempo offense with Eric Dungy there a couple years ago to like controlled defense and, and run game with Sean Tucker last year and was able to get some success. Now this is the perfect time to get Syracuse because if, their season is done. If like they're not bowl eligible and there's a good chance they won't be, this could be like that type of game where Dino's kind of checked out and the team's kind of checked out. Uh, it's at home for the first time in four years, I think against Syracuse because of all the COVID stuff. Um, and I, 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 I think BC should win this one. I mean, they almost beat Syracuse last time. They were like in it against Syracuse last time with Grossell and he couldn't, move the ball at all but i think i think Dracovic, as long as he's healthy again all of these uh predictions are all is phil Dracovic healthy because <laughs> if he's not then it's all all my predictions i throw out the window <laughs> all right very good aj matthew i'm going to turn it over to you for the last couple questions in the podcast thanks again for joining us tonight aj um so Give us the state of BC's, uh, you know, college football program. Like, what are your bloggers and fans thinking right now regarding the status of the program? The floor is yours. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a make or break year for Jeff Athley. Like, you know, all the all the talk about how personable he is and how he's kind of changed the culture of BC, and he's kind of a, a warm guy that fans really connect with. He hasn't done anything different than Steve Adazio in those first two years. And he's done it with Phil Dracovic in his first year and then last year. But I, that's what a lot of fans say. I'm not on that board yet. But I will be if BC goes 6-6 six and six again this year. Because this is the last year Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers. Both of them are, you know, I don't want to say generational because we had Matt Ryan a couple of years ago. But like a once-in-a-blue-moon type of talent. Zay Flowers, BC has never had a talent like him at wide receiver ever not even close and you have him with phil Dracovic. you know quarterbacks as we've seen with some of these schools are enough to win a lot of games so bc needs to go eight and four nine and three this year with this group because next year it's going to be a step back again emmett moorhead from virginia is an interesting talent but he's raw and i don't know how how much he's going to develop over this year sitting behind Dracovic, but BC's got some guys that they they need to do this this year. They need to prove that they're not just a six and six team. And you know, all the stuff with Halfley is going to start to to become white noise again, like it was under Adazio. This is year three. A lot of coaches lose their job after year three. I'm not saying he will, but it's it's now put up or shut up time for this group. And it's a tough schedule. They have a new offensive line, and I'm still questioning a lot on their defense. But they need to figure some stuff out, or the fans are going to start going, oh, it's more of this again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, open microphone time. The floor is yours, AJ. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, uh, with BC this year, I, I, as I said, I think <clears throat> there's a new offensive coordinator, there's new offensive coaches up and down that line. Um, there's a lot of young talent that I'm really excited to see step in because. All of the Dazio guys are gone, or most of them. I mean, Zay Flowers is still a Dazio, but Dazio used him to do jet sweeps, and that was basically it. Um, which Zay will tell you if you ask him. He'll tell you that if you ask him that. Um, <clears throat> but I think this is going to be an exciting year for Boston College because I like their new offensive coordinator. I like the players that they have. 
Dracovic has a lot to gain here. Zay Flowers has a lot to gain. And I think their defense is just good enough that if they put up a lot of points, they'll be in good shape in most of these matchups. Fair enough. Jeff, you're up. Yeah, I want to uh, talk real briefly. The ACC softball championship is this week, and I think that this is setting up to be uh, as good an ACC softball tournament as, as I've I've ever seen. I, you know, for several years, the conference has basically been, you know, Florida State with, with their uh, elite program. Duke's been pretty solid. Virginia Tech has gotten better. But now Virginia Tech is, is one of the best teams in the country, and you know Florida State is still there. This is this is a tournament that features uh, the number two team Virginia Tech in the country, number three Florida State, number eleven Duke, uh, number eighteen Clemson, number twenty Notre Dame, and Georgia Tech's probably an NCAA caliber team as well. So um, you know for, for for a while you know this this was pretty much the, the the realm of of the big 12 and sec when it came to to softball but i i you know you can tell the acc is now you know right up there with them and, and it's arguably uh the best softball conference in the country uh this year you know there's not maybe quite an oklahoma uh a team of that caliber but you know virginia tech and florida state are definitely national championship caliber teams um, so this this ACC tournament is going to be a lot of fun. So people, if you're not familiar, don't watch much softball. Uh, here, here's a good opportunity to watch a bunch of really good teams that that are capable of making deep runs in the uh, NCAA softball tournament when that comes up in a couple weeks. Very good take, Jeff. Very good take, Jeff. And we, again, we want to thank AJ for joining us tonight. He's off to another call. And we appreciated him, appreciated his time very much, very much for coming on and previewing the 2022 Boston College football team with Jeff and I. So, Jeff, I promised you I was going to talk about this tonight. Uh, as you know, this is my favorite time, favorite time of the year for postseason. Pretty much, uh, I am I'm a hockey fan. I'm from Fargo, North Dakota. I watched college hockey. I watched high school hockey all the way through my, you know, through, <laughs> through my younger years, and I still watch hockey now. And you get that in your blood. And uh, game two, right now, right, let me just back up here and set the scene here a little bit. Uh, the Washington Capitals right now are probably among probably some one of the older playoff teams in the league in the league. It's been a few years since they won us won the Stanley cup. They won the Stanley cup in 2018. And so a lot of the players on that are on that, that were on that Stanley cup are still on this team, but they're obviously much older now. And so they played, uh, they're playing pretty much one of the best teams in the league in the Florida Panthers. And they are now up two to one they're taking kind of taking a surprising two to one series lead and in game two when i i think when um when a lot of people thought that uh thought that it was going to be much going to be extremely difficult for washington to win uh win the series i should say were 
go ahead and win the series. Um, they uh, they actually pulled the goaltender in game two uh, when Florida was leading like six, you know, Florida's leading that game like six to one. And they basically pulled the goaltender in that second game and not six to one. It was a little, uh, gosh, I can't remember the exact score, Jeff, but they pulled the goaltender, their starting goaltender in, uh, in game two. And he's he, uh, the backup came in and he's, he started game. He started game two in the third period. And he has, uh, he, st- he stopped every shot that he faced that game. He stopped, stopped 17 of 17 shots in that third period game. Then he comes back, comes back. That's third period of game two. Then he comes back to this third game and he stops 29 of 30 shots. And this is a, his name is, um, Elia Samsonov, and he is—he's like the hottest. He's probably the hottest goaltender in the NHL playoffs right now. If you're stopping 46 of 47 shots, and I, I think one of the things like people really like the Stanley Cup, Jeff, because you can be like an eight seed or something like that, a seven seed playing a two seed, but you can be an eight seed playing a one seed. But if your goaltender gets hot. At the right time, at the right time, I mean, and this is the same as lacrosse. This is the same as soccer, but it's more evident in hockey, right? If your hot, if your hockey goaltender gets really hot at that at that time, and you have just enough offense, as they say, Jeff, it becomes a great equalizer in that sport, and that's why everybody loves the Stanley Cup playoffs. So right now, the Caps are leading two to one in their series over the Panthers. And um, it's uh, <laughs> it's just, it's pretty amazing to me what's up, what, what, what can happen and just how well you're, how well you can lead a charmed life when your goaltender turns things around real quick, real, you know, when you have a change in goaltender and it changes things around real quickly. And, and I might add Jeff, like, it takes it takes a big kahuna. It's a big gun, as they say, for a coach to make a change of a goaltender when you're in the middle of the Stanley Cup series and you're going in Game Three and you decide that oh, I'm not going to ride the horse that I've you know that I've rode all year long. I'm not going to ride the horse of the guy that I that I won the Stanley Cup with, and you're going to his backup. And now you're up two one in this series. And now I'm not saying the Caps are, are going to win the win the series or not. I mean, Game Four is in Washington, right? But right now the Caps are playing with house money. They can do anything they want. They can play as hard as they want and as aggressive as they want on offense and take as many chances as they as they want, Jeff, because their goaltender's hot, and it's fun to. It's fun. It's fun to watch hockey like that. What are your thoughts on what I had to say, hey, Matthew? Uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm. I, I don't. You know, I'm definitely not a hockey guy. So every time you talk about it, I, I get an education. <laughs> it, it, it's the hot. It, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch somebody just get hot like that. And all of a sudden, it turns around the entire outlook. Like if, like if Washington wins game f- game four, they're probably 
going to win the series. And I don't think anybody would have ever expected it. I mean, Washington still, like I said, they still have a lot of players from that team that won the Stanley Cup in 2018. I know when you were on, I, I still remember your comment from Twitter. You're like, gosh, I'm seeing more Caps tweets than I've ever seen anything in sports in my life because half because that's one case where you're going to see a lot of fa- a lot of people from either Virginia or Virginia Tech or Maryland or whatever or you know certain parts of North Carolina that and I, I would argue even certain parts of South Carolina before Florida got a hockey team where you you saw a lot of people that adopted Washington Capitals as their te- as their team and there's an outside shot, outside chance that they could get to the next round. So it's, I mean, I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect them to get against the Panthers. I don't, I don't make picks at all sports discussion anymore on hockey because I think one year when I almost made them, I made them in my mind, and I thought, oh no, my picks would have been trash because I think the, I, I remember the year that I thought Chicago was going to win one of their series and they that win their series like four to four to one or something like that, and they and it took them four games to score a goal. So you never, <laughs> so you. I never know what's going to happen in hockey. In hockey, and this is a good case of it of having a uh, having a hot goaltender that can just really turn the fortunes of your season. So anyway, that that's it, Jeff. It was fun for us tonight. Fun for us having uh, AJ Black on from from uh, the Sports Illustrated uh, Sports Illustrated Boston College site and his Locked On Beast. Locked on BC Sports Podcast at previewing the 2022 Boston College football team. And uh, we look forward to tomorrow night to previewing the 2022 Georgia Tech football team with, ten, with Ken Segura of the, of the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Right, Jeff? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to having Ken on. Um, but, but maybe we're not looking so much forward to the season outlook of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right, buddy. We'll take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care, Jeff. Okay. Take care. Bye.